welcome to the State of NF Terra. This is the series where we take a look at all of the former NFT Terra collections and figure out what their recovery plan is in the wake of the crash that was the Terra collapse. In today's interview, I was joined by Chin. He's a part of the marketing team over at Riot Factory. Some of you might also know this team from their 2D shooter called Catnip. Anyways, we got into the subject about what Riot Factory is doing, how this team has transitioned from a 2D shooter to a 3D shooter, and how they quickly got back up to speed despite everything that happened with Terra. If you want to learn more about Riot Factory, all their links will be down in the description below. Please also take a second to like, follow, and subscribe. That's all the info from me. I hope you enjoy this interview. On the state of NF Terra this week, I am joined by Chin over at Riot Factory. They've been involved with a whole bunch of interesting Terra NFT projects. You might remember them from the Catnip Battle game. I know they're coming out with uh, the Riot Factory Mint very soon. Chin, thank you so much for joining me on the state of NF Terra. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today to talk about Riot Factory. It's my pleasure. And so before we get into Riot Factory, if you mind just quickly introducing a bit about yourself, your crypto background, your Terra background, which I know we all have our stories from that. Um, and how'd you get in the crypto <laughs> space? What's your development background? Why did you come into Web3? All that good stuff. So just a little bit about myself. I used to hate and influence market agency as a country manager for several years. And I got into crypto because my friend back in June 2021, he was building a, a catnip project in BSC. So the team needed a marketing personnel. So from there, I actually started working full time into the catnip projects. And then how, as to how I get into Terra, it was, I think it was in, I believe it was in October 2021. When the NFT scene in Terra was, I, I, I was in, and I was watching over the woman versus ape mean in the in the Terra in the Terra scene where we first mm -hmm. get into in the Terra NFT. That's how, and then we think we see that you know what really booming. Let's get into the uh, you know the Terra NFT scene. That's how we get to Terra back in October with the Kenny project. And then we really see that you know this community is really really strong. So we continue to develop several other projects, like such as Rare Factory, where we launched together with uh, One Planet. I believe at that time it was the first, the old, probably the only first NFT project where you can build your own NFT mm. kind of mechanism into it. So that's how I got into uh, Terra and then... Yeah, no, a great story there. It was one of those things, as I've been speaking with a lot of these NFT projects, how everyone was so bullish at first on Ethereum NFTs, and they said, okay, well, this is kind of getting really saturated. And then some people went over Solana, they said, okay, this is also getting kind of saturated. And then people saw this whole Terra scene booming, and they said, wow, we have a great community here. We have a pretty underground uh, NFT community. Uh, things were still being discovered, a lot of potential. And then you mentioned the whole customiza customization aspect with platforms such as OnePlanet. Unfortunately, the crash happened, and now that's caused all sorts of mayhem and, and chaos. But regardless, we're seeing a lot of these, uh, a lot of these communities come back, a lot of these um, projects come back, and I think it's it's a great thing to see. And uh, I'm glad to hear that you guys are, are coming back. If you mind just quickly um, giving an overview of guess of what catnip was, because I think some some listeners might might appreciate that context. Definitely. Some people might be more familiar with catnip before they before we start getting to Riot Factory. So. What what catnip is about is actually a cat project where these cats are like uh, uh, it's basically where these cats are in a two D shooter game. So when we build Rare Factory and catnip, we actually have uh, we, what we have in mind was to build everything and unite everything under a game. 
So we have some sort of like, you know, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where we have crossover each other. That's what kind of the direction we wanted to build. So we built Catnip and then uh, we have Rare Factory and then we want to unite everything under one game called Rineko, a 3D brawler shooter game where the cats sort of will transform into a 3D humanoid warrior or 3D waifu and the robots will become a rideable robots in the game. So that's the kind of the big vision of where we try to go with the big vision of where we're trying to go for and for as for Red Factory what it really is is it's basically a build yourself NFT project or NFT robot because you know sometimes we all have this frustration we the traits we want are not in certain NFT we, we basically mm. we want like certain traits in the NFT and we want it all in a single NFT but sometimes it's just not happening. So we have this idea like, you know, why not let the people build their own NFT? We just give them the traits. We just give them the parts and build the NFT they want. So that's how we came up with the idea of Rare Factory. And, mm -hmm. and thank God for One Planet to, you know, for helping us to build that feature, for building, building you know, this robot itself. It's a fantastic feature. And it was smooth as well back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think so. the The gameplay that I've seen, it's the 3D. You mentioned the waifus, uh, which is funny. Yes. And then also the uh, you have the mechas. Is that so? That is going to be Riot Factory, or that's going to be, or is that the original vision of Catnip? So Catnip was a 2D shooter game because mm -hmm. the reason why we pivoted to a 3D game because we thought that you know 3D game probably has a longer shelf life. That's why we thought you know you know why not go to the 3D game yeah. instead of doing a 2D game and uh the the robot the waifu you see will be cats the cats will transform the waifu and the robot you see will be right factory the reason why we have the waifu and mecha element is because we want to uh you know uh, target the otakus because this is basically the otaku stream right you have the mecha you have mm -hmm. the waifu and everything's under a single game <laughs> no i love it this is, this is really creative it's funny too it just i the whole the whole cat into the waifu and into the mecha is, is yeah. a really really unique path, but also like with the whole customizational aspects of, of your NFT project, I think I think that's going to be a very nice little integration with One Planet as well. Um, so I guess leading off of that question too, just set the stage for everyone. So prior to the collapse of Luna V One, where were you guys on your development roadmap? What was happening at the time? What were the big developments? What were you excited about? And then we'll get into the actual collapse and maybe some of the stories that happened there. But at first, what was the, what was yeah what was new going on at that time before uh, before everything so, went up to mayhem? So at that time, we were developing our three D game. We were still working on working on the game, hustling it off. We were trying to build an MVP actually, so to raise for more funds for the for the game. And then as for Rare Factory, we were building the second series for it. We were actually in talk with physical brands as well. Such mm. as you know, fast food chains, clothing brands, and fashion brands. Basically, we wanted to have this cross between physical brands and crypto, so both work can sort of connect with each other. We're trying to bring the physical brand audience, the non-crypto crowds, into crypto. That was the major focus on our roadmap, actually. But unfortunately, I mean, the collapse happened. So, uh, I mean, we're still talking to the brands; it's still working well. I mean, it's just that we probably lost a big audience there in terms of the spending power. I'm talking about spending power. Of course, mm -hmm. the community is still there, but the spending power are significantly, uh, significantly reduced. So that's, I think, that's the big problem I have with the crash. 
Yeah, I mean, the unfortunate thing with the crash for so many projects is that they had all of these things in the works and all this nice development going on, all these partnerships. And then it wasn't that the crash turned these groups away, but it was more so now they want to wait a bit more to see how these projects come out of it uh, and where they go from here. But we're seeing with a lot of these NFT projects, they are going to continue rebuilding. They're going to continue building, which oh, is what yeah. I love to see from you guys. Um, and then, yeah, I also I do love seeing the whole exporting your NFT collection out into different aspects so whether that is uh whether, whether that's through metaverse or that's through physical items clothing toys i think that's another very unique uh value proposition that i i hope to continue seeing i've seen a lot of it from uh several of the one planet um integrations either they're going to be putting their stuff in arcadia or they're going to be creating their own game but they're going to be looking into metaverse games for the time being and getting their characters in there first uh so i think that's that's an exciting piece of energy sharing the ideas around the whole entire space that i love to see then looking into the terra collapse because we just mentioned a little bit there <laughs> But this is one of the big things that we want to speak about in the state of NFTERA, oh, yeah. and that is how you guys came back from this, which was incredibly unpleasant for everyone. I will tell you firsthand from my experience, oh. incredibly unpleasant oh, for man. so many. There's a lot of tragedy, <laughs> too. It was not not a pretty time for the lunatics. Um, so walk us through that first day. What are you guys thinking? What's going on with the Riot Factory team? What is the what is the mood in the room? And then we can get into the community, but let's just let's just talk about what you guys were feeling at that time. It was it was fast. I tell I can tell you this. It was so fast that we we didn't really have the mm. time to react when it first happened. I think I remember which exactly, but when Luna first dropping to thirty, we thought, oh, this should be the bottom. Then when it dropped to ten, the next day we thought. That was the bottom. Okay, this should be it. You know, that is a way to turn around. That isn't a problem. So when it first started to drop to one, we thought that oh, this is getting a bit dangerous. When it dropped to less than one cent, we know that there's no way of it to come in, you know, of 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 them coming back. We were we, we basically we, we just couldn't believe what had happened in such a short amount of time in three days time. We just didn't have the switch. You know, like oh. Mm shit things happen uh, when it finally dropped below one cent that's the time we realized that oh no we have to think of a a backup plan i mean the the mood generally was that we didn't really feel so defeated because we've been through as a team as a whole we actually been through a lot of downtime before been through a lot of hardship so we felt like okay fine this this thing collapsed sure let's start over again so mm -hmm. that was the uh, I think mindset that we we had when when the when the thing start collapse. So we're just thinking that you know what, let's we 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 done we have done this before. We can always start over. We have the team. Let's do it again. So that was the general mood of the thing. I think the crash. I think. I love to hear it. It's it was very breathtaking. You're right. It was that Monday through Wednesday. I, I don't know if our time zone. It's slightly different there in terms of, of the days, but it was basically the general vicinity. It was in the early part yes, of that week yes. where we all just watched the thing go from of the pay, the UST pay go from a dollar. Now we're at 90 cents. Said, okay, we'll, we'll be back. It's fine. We'll, we'll head back yeah. up to a dollar. And it keeps going down to 80 and then 70. And then I was on a call that night 
I, I, I think I tell the story every single episode now at this point. But anyways, <laughs> it, it just I, I remember I remember looking down and seeing sixty cents, and I just I I was well, this is over. I had no faith at that point. I had absolutely no faith. I knew the spiral was coming then, um, and I thought I was so smart because I had all my Luna staked, and I wasn't on any anchor leverage. I didn't have any. Um, I wasn't borrowing anything. And so I thought I was all all being smart and uh, smart and safe, and I realized, well, actually, I was just I was caught out like everyone else uh, in the end. So the, yep. Oh yeah. no no, and <laughs> and the thing is, we believe in Luna's so much. We we did not take profit from mm. from you know from from all the royalties that we gained from Rare Factory. We just basically put that and just let it rest there. We didn't even take profit. That's that's also the big thing that I hear all from everyone is that you know we just believe it and believe it so much we have not take profit at all. I mean, a thousand dollars was programmed, right? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what my mindset was. Seriously, I I just I saw yeah, this yeah. as a multi. I think a lot of people too saw this as a multi year hold. Yeah. This thing had an internal revenue generating model where uh, it was going to continually become deflationary and to the moon <laughs> we're going to the yes, moon yes yes uh but i'm glad to hear that you guys were able to quickly rally together it sounds and then you know this thing happened can't do much about it at this point we're just going to keep building and that is uh that, that is really a, a great great motto and i've seen a lot of projects um it was off the same thinking but i think with you guys it, you, it was a really quick turnaround i think it was within days you said all right we're gonna go back at it and i guess what was yeah. the reaction within your community how do how do you how do you as a, and I mean, especially as somebody who's running the more marketing side of things, more of the external affairs, how do you speak to people about this, that your project is going to come back uh, after this whole entire event? I think because our project, uh, I mean, our project is, uh, we, our project aren't that affected by the crash mm -hmm. because we, we, we don't have a lot of costs uh, coming in to build this rare factory, we just need the uh, artists and the uh, developers, and everything's in house. So we don't, and everyone works for free. So we don't have a lot of costs uh, incurred when we are starting this project or when we are delivering this project. So to the outsider, I think is basically we just tell them that hey, we are. Don't worry, the team is here. The dev the devs are still here. We're still gonna build it, even without the money. We're still gonna build it. Don't worry, we are here for you. So yeah. that, I think, basically, that's tell other people. But the outside reaction, the reaction are interesting because some of my non-crypto friends in Malaysia they actually know what is Luna, because it's gotten out so much out of hand, so out of hand that you know the non-crypto actually talk about it and mean about it. So that was. That was that shock for us? I think. Right. Well, it was. It was especially shocking here in the U.S. For example, no one really spoke about it. I, I, I used to be involved in more of the government world, and no one really ever right, spoke right. about. I mean, everyone knew Bitcoin. Some people knew Ethereum. No one really knew anything else. And the day after, we have the the United States Treasury Secretary uh, talking about Terra Luna, and <laughs> it's like, oh god. 
It's yep. when, I, it's when I fold up my hands and put my head on my desk. It's, it is ugly when that's happening, when we've caught the attention of everyone. Oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, all my friends that were non-crypto, that were not into crypto were talking about it. Everyone was saying, oh, what a disaster. It's like, man, it's a shame. It's a shame because it was, it was fun while it lasted, I won't lie. Um, but oh, I, yeah. I'm glad to hear that your communities, it seemed, it seemed that you, you had one job and that was, we're going to be not, we're not going to be too affected by this. We're going to keep building. And you guys who are with us are going to be able to stay on. Um, so let's just go a little bit more into that recovery plan here now. And so it sounds like you guys really, I mean, you were affected by it. It obviously affected your treasury, but oh yeah, you can now go and you can still keep building the game. Um, yep. So looking at that, you are currently moving to one planet. So you're going to yep. keep, yep. you're going to be integrating with Polygon. Will there ever be, are you going to be solely on Polygon for the time being, or will there be potential talks of multi-chain action? What's the, what's the outlook? And I guess if you mind just detailing the formal out recovery plan that you guys had directly after the crash. I think, uh, for, as for the recovery plan that we were talking about, we're basically still going to go on with our previous plan, which is to build the MVP and then continue to raise funds. Basically that will be our general direction. For, for for basically our plan that to to make it big. As mm -hmm. to uh, the as to your question on which platform that we are going on, uh, we are we are planning to be a basically chain agnostic. Mm -hmm. We want to be a multi chain game. And honestly, after Luna, after Terra Luna, we really don't want to be on a single chain <laughs> when things happen. And yeah, basically that's the uh, the entire how that's how we're gonna approach things from now on basically going to be chain agnostic go just go to multiple platforms mm -hmm. and what, what inspired you guys to get involved with the one planet relaunch project was it just the fact that you were already going to launch with one planet or did you have any conversations there that inspired you to keep going with them the i mean what uh, we actually spoke to one planet right uh, i think pro probably a, I, I believe it was a few days after the crash when when the entire thing happens, we were still talking about planet, uh, asking like, "Hey, where are you guys going?" Right. So, uh, yeah, because <laughs> back then I believe one planet was still trying to stay in Terra, but we were like, "Oh, I don't know if it's gonna stay on." Mm -hmm. I'm glad that one planet is moving to Polygon, and then we moved to Polygon actually. So it was like, oh, it was just nice that you know one planet is moving to Polygon. So. Let's, uh, that's why we know we decided to be on board with one planet as well. And to be honest, one planet has been really, really communicating with the projects and the community. So we are glad we are on board with them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tough when you are a platform such as one planet and have oh, yeah. such a, a plethora of stakeholders. And now you're going to take <laughs> your entire foundation of where you've been oh, yeah. building. Which it crumbled. I mean, it, so Terra One was oh, yeah. already out of the picture, right? So you either have yep. this question of we're going to go on to Terra Two, or are we going to potentially look into some of the alternatives? And yeah, I think they've done a great job in terms of handling that migration. It's been Definitely. from everything I've seen, they've done great in terms of communication. Um, as with anything, there's going to be some hiccups along the road, but I think you know overall they have oh, yeah. this whole ethos of being transparent, being open. They really want to support these projects going onto their platform. And so I have been very impressed with the whole entire road to Polygon map they've outlined, how they've brought in several projects such as the Riot Factory, um, and how they've also helped promote everything on that way. Just leading into our next question here, uh, will there be any 
potential metaverse aspects to this? Because I know there's a lot of integrations and projects such as Arcadia. Mm -hmm. um, outside of just the Riot Factory itself, we potentially looking at partnerships. I know you did mention some fashion lines and toys earlier. Yep, yep. I don't know how many details you can mention about that, but I, I would like to hear a little bit about that detail if you can share. Definitely, definitely. Let me talk about the metaverse aspect first. So I, I mean, we're happy to in the you know uh, other NFT projects if it's an easy to onboard process but sometimes it's not uh for example let's talk mm -hmm. about you know uh, talking about integrating a 2d nft projects and that requires the artist to build a 3d model from scratch and it needs uh needs the artist to uh, you know build a rigging as well all this takes up a lot of time so i don't know uh if it can be it's if it's a easy process or i mean even if you're a 3d 3D NFT project integrating into a 3D metaverse that itself was, it might be taking some time as well because different project or different games have different structures. So I mean, uh, on this note, I mean, hopefully in the future we have a standard uh, plugin like a USB plugin where it's compatible with multiple metaverses, uh, and then you're gonna you know you can truly travel into uh, multi uh, you know, into different metaverses. So before that happens. Uh, Let's see if it's an easy onboarding process. We're happy to go on board. As for the physical brands, we're actually already in top and we are going to launch a project with a clothing line in Malaysia called Life. Mm. So what will happen with that particular project is that whenever the customer of Life buy a shirt, they will get a free NFT, uh, something like a you know, Happy Meal, basically. Right. So yes, yes. So instead of getting toys, you're getting NFT. <laughs> Let's that's go. how yes yes uh that's how because the reason we are doing this is that we want to you know bringing more of the non-crypto crops into the crypto world that's the basis of what we are trying to uh, do here and and as and that i mean as you can see from our previous uh previous price point of our RR factory was basically free mint uh because we are trying to you know get people into project at mm -hmm. a very low low cost Mm -hmm. that's amazing yeah, yeah. i'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how you guys pull that off in terms of buying oh, so yeah. what, if you buy a shirt will there be some sort of qr code in the tag or something that you yes, scan? yes oh so basically you'll get a promo code and then uh -huh. you uh go to a website and you can claim your nft so that will be the process it'll be a very it will be a simple process because we are trying to uh make sure that the onboarding process is smooth and in fact getting onto polygon was actually a blessing in disguise in some way because it's e the onboarding process is easier mm -hmm. as compared to you know if we are on Terra NFT because it's it's EVM based and there's a lot of plugin for polygons as well. It's easier. Yeah, the whole entire EVM world just has had more time to yeah. develop that infrastructure to do that, and Terra was getting there, but it was still a pretty new kid on the block compared to something such as the EVM world, uh, oh, which yeah, yeah I mean, you have I mean when you're dealing with Cosmosm and all that, it's very it's a great great process and i know it's very open-ended but i know it, it doesn't quite have the same level of maturity that uh, a lot of evm related innovations uh, that have occurred um coming into our final questions here for you chin um i have one for you that is uh more of a personal question more about you yourself i like to always ask a question about how people are uh outside of the crypto world a little bit and for you <laughs> My question for you today is, what is your favorite hobby? 
you know, I have a few hobbies. So I, I mean, one of my hobby is basically as otaku, I watch anime, I read mangas, I read light novels. And another peculiar hobby of mine was basically doing tarot cards. So I do know a bit of tarot cards, and I actually know about a little bit about Chinese astrology as well. So that is uh, another hobby of mine: doing fortune telling for people. Hmm. Are tarot cards are tarot cards a part of Chinese astrology? No, no, tarot cards are westerns. Ah, western. Basically, tarot cards. Are, I mean, the poker cards are derived from tarot cards. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. very so basically, back in the days. They are, they are using tarot cards as playing cards and then slowly evolve into poker cards. I never knew that. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's, you what, that's what we learn. This is what we learn when we ask these types of questions there. Chin, yes. I want to thank you so much for your time today. Uh, first off, is there anything that you want to mention that we did not get a chance to? And then leading off of that, what information should listeners know in terms of learning more, potential mint date, all of that so they can stay on top of all the news for Riot Factory? So I would suggest I want to, you know, just join our Discord and then we'll do a, all our announcement in Discord. Uh, that's where you can uh, get all of our, all, everything basically. Or all free NFT drops. Oh yeah, uh, one more thing. We're going to have free, uh, new, uh, free NFT drops for Rare Factory holders as well, the version one of it. So you're going to get mm. uh, all, uh, basically you're going to get free NFT for all our subsequent series so please join uh join us and hopefully grab some of your nft rare factory uh nft v1 please so yep yep that's it for me thank you so much for for having me today love to hear it chin thank you again for your time i'll make sure to any of the listeners or watchers that everything will be down in the show notes below appreciate your time once again looking forward to following up with riot factory seeing where you guys go and uh yeah this has been the state of nft thank you